Okay, so, so welcome back. We're going to focus on one interesting question that the Kedusha Slavery of Levi Yitzhak Mivaditchev brings down. And it's, it's a question, again, that should pop out to all of us. We, we're in the Parshish about Pesach. We learn here about the Korban Pesach. And uh, it gets us thinking about Pesach. But in the Torah, Pesach is never called Pesach. Pesach is always called Chagamatzas. Right? So this is what he's looking at. Why is it, right? And he builds this up a bit. He says, we find for sure the Korban's called Pesach. So says the Kedusha Slevi, Lev Yitzhak Berdichev, Lev Yitzhak Ben Sarah Sasha. It's a Yesh Lohavin, Shanukarim Yom Tov HaMechunim B'Torah Chag HaMatzos, we call it Pesach. Why? Traditional people, the Torah calls it Chag HaMatzos, called Chag HaMatzos. He said, there's no hint in the Torah, there's no remez in the Torah to call this Yom Tov with the name Pesach. Okay, now he says, it's based on this. Ani Dodi V'Dodi Li. Is reciprocal praise and love between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael. We say the praises of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says our praises. Now, the, the source for this is the Gemara in Maseches Brachas. It says that Hakadosh Baruch Hu wears tefillin. Right? Famous, famous Gemara. It says Hakadosh Baruch Hu wears tefillin. What's written in Hakadosh Baruch Hu's tefillin? It says Mi Amcha Yisrael Goya Chad our tefillin say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. We say the praise of Hashem. Hashem's tefillin, Gavar Yochel, they say the praise of Am Yisrael and the Achdus of Am Yisrael. And they add in even more psukim, Asherecha Yisrael, the Sitchelion, Migoy Godol, all these different uh, beautiful psukim about Am Yisrael are in the tefillin of HaKadosh Baruch That's really what we refer to. If you're in a shul that says Anim Zmiras, so the line, Pe'ero Alai Upe'eri Alov. Pe'er is a word for tefillin, right? That's from Yechezkel. That's how we learn, the, it says, Chavesh percha me'elecha, that pe'er is called tefillin. So pe'ero alai, u'pe'eri alav, meaning like my glory is on him and his glory is on me, right? That's the, the relationship between these tefillin of HaKadosh Baruch and tefillin of Am Yisrael. So he said the same thing is happening here with our name for Pesach. HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls it Chag in the Torah because the beauty of Am Yisrael hurrying out after HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right, one of the aspects of Matzah, though he speak B'Tzekam L'Hachmitz, right, that the, the Botzek didn't even rise. And that's really part of the bigger picture of what it says in the Novi, Zacharti Lo Chesed Nuraich. I remember that Chesed of your youth, Avas Klulosaych, Lech Techacharai B'Midba Beretz Lozeruah, right, V'Gam Tzedo Lo Ochulohem. Right, that Am Yisrael didn't even take a lunch. When did Jews travel without taking? Right? You see, Jews go to the airport. You ordered the kosher meal, but just in case, you got a picnic basket. <laughs> That's it. And here, right, they, they went, and uh, and that is something very beautiful. So therefore, Hakadosh Baruch Hu calls it Chag but we speak about the idea that Hakadosh Baruch Hu was Pasach Albate Bnei Yisrael, and that's what we're doing. That's our involvement now. Here in the back, they bring from a manuscript of Rabbi Yitzhak Mibradichev. It's um, they call it Pizgomin Kadishim. So he fleshes this out a little bit more. He says again this concept of the um, of the two types of tefillin of the tefillin of Hakadosh Baruch Hu that praise Am Yisrael, tefillin of Am Yisrael that praise Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Now he says 
that hine avodas hakor azos zeul avodas ishi yisraeli bola mazet. He said these two aspects of tefillin, our tefillin, our kodesh baruch tefillin, those really portray the type of avoda that a person is supposed to be doing tamid constantly in this world. Shemachuyov haodom lahalal lishabeach lekalis tamidus hakodesh baruch hu midosav hakadoshim. On one hand. A person is always supposed to be thanking Hashem, praising Hashem. Again, not that Hashem needs it, so to speak, but for us, that brings us closer. I saw recently, I forget who it was, said it, and when you're thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're seeing HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Meaning, He's all around us. Just either you can ignore all the wonders around us and all the chesed and all the tov, and then you don't see Him. But, right, if you recognize those things, so then you see it. The second aspect that we're supposed to do, again, we're supposed to imitate HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is that a person is always supposed to judge favorably and to defend Am Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's holy nation. Okay, now, I'll just point out, this is obviously the theme of Yitzhak Berdichev in all the stories, He's known as Sanigorin Shel Yisrael, the defender of Am Yisrael. To the extent that, you know, always being able to find a way things to be good, right? Like they, they say, you know, one was at Erev Pesach, so he started asking Jews. Jews sometimes had to be involved in smuggling because the laws were so draconian there, there was no way for them to earn a living. And they used to smuggle. So he asked somebody in the shul, tell me, you know, you have a bit of smuggled this, yeah, Rabbi, I can get a few. Yeah, I've smuggled this yet. He says, you have any chametz in your house? Rabbi, what do you think I am? He says, Rabbi, I shall take a look. The Tsar is here with all of his soldiers. You know what he'd do if he catch them, and they're smuggling. You told them, don't have chametz in the house. Not one of them has chametz in the house. All sorts of things like this. He sees a Jew in his talus and tefillin, right, mumbling the davening while he's oiling the wheels of his, his wagon. Take a look. Even while your children oil the wheels of their wagon, they're davening to you and praising you. You know, all, all the different uh, ways of, um, of defending. Now, it should be pointed out, right? Some people have turned this all into a somewhat unbalanced fairy tale character, right? And, and they think you find, especially in the non observant world, they wish, why couldn't all Orthodox Jews be like Rabbi Levi Yitzhak of Berdichev? who they thought, he's fine with whatever anyone does. He's the rabbi of, you know, Temple Oseh Shalom, and he sits there with a guitar singing, All You Need Is Love, and that's it. He was a fighter. He fought very much against anything that tried to change authentic Judaism. But he also loved every Jew incredibly, and he defended them to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The two go together. The two are not opposites, and that's a big important part. Okay, so he said, this is... What, I'm, what a person is supposed to do to try to find the good in other Jews, to praise them. And he says, and understand, it's inside every Jew. They're all descendants of Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. The good DNA is in all of them. You may not be seeing it coming out, but you have to know. And therefore, if you see a little peak of it come out, you should know it's only a tip of the iceberg of the goodness of Am Yisrael. So that's the way a person is supposed to be looking. And he says, if a person pr- approaches it like that, a Kodesh Baruch Hu is going to help you see good and not see the bad. And that will enable you to do this more. Okay? And that is part of Avodah Hashem. He says, because somebody who doesn't have this midah 
to see the good that's in Am Yisrael and to talk about praise of Am Yisrael so that Am Yisrael should be meshubachim umfuarim in Hashem's eyes. Right? We praise Am Yisrael to Hashem. He says, if a person doesn't have this midah and to defend B'nai Yisrael, azayeda ne'amona, very harsh sentence, he should know for sure, you will never step over the threshold of true Avodah Hashem if you don't have that. That is that gateway. That must be there. Okay, so now he said we have these two aspects. Number one, recognizing Hashem's goodness and praising Him. That's our tefillin that says, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echod. And walking in Hashem's ways, like the tefillin of HaKadosh Baruch who say, Mika Amcha Yisrael, we're also supposed to be doing this. Now here he explains an interesting Gemara. That one of the Tanoim said, He says, I would never walk four Amos without tefillin. Okay, now there are some people that wear tefillin all day. It used to be more common. It's very difficult to do. But he says, it's still, it's impossible you don't go Arbamus without tefillin. person has to go take a shower. person goes to the mikveh. The halacha talks about it. In dirty alleyways where you have to take off your tefillin if you have to cross through. There are many different scenarios. So he says, what does it mean? He said, I was always going. I never went Arbamus either with the tefillin of HaKadosh Baruch Hu or with the tefillin of Am Yisrael. Meaning, either I was involved in praising Am Yisrael, right? Which is what's called the tefillin of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Or, I was praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu for everything he's done for us. That's the tefillin of Am Yisrael. Meaning those two midas I was always involved in. I never was, walked Arba Amos without that. Okay, and he says, this was a famous statement of Reb of Anapoli. It was just his yard site. He would say, Ribbonu Shalom, Am Yisrael bevadai tovim him. Ribbonu Shalom, Am Yisrael are for sure good. They're good. Why? If you're going to say it, they're not good, your tefillin are all based on that your people are so special. If you say, oh, that Jew's puzzle, that Jew's puzzle, your tefillin are going to be puzzle. It can't be. That was his defense that was there. Okay, so now let's try to take this a little bit further. The Tiferes Shlomo of Radomsk says that you have to realize that these things actually cause something. Okay, the Svasemis says in Empirke Yavos, where it talks about, you know, he has a very basic question that we have these things. Don't judge, judge people favor. Who made you a judge? Who made you a judge? You know, if I walk over to somebody now and say, order in the court, I declare that you have to pay me $100. (laughs) You're not a judge. You're nothing. So what is that? Going around judging a person. You're not a judge. How does it do? He says, ah, but you are. The Zara Kodesh says that until a person, you know, in this world, speaks against another Jew, so his sentence isn't finished. And by praising another Jew, so to speak, it can change the sentence that that person has. And here's the fascinating example he brings. Right? It says, Because our words have power. So 
The Gemara in Masechus Chagigit says the following. Ashkechei Rabbi Barashila Lelio. Rabbi Barashila met Elio. Omerle, yes, Elio, my kavi Rakurish Baruchu. What's Akurish Baruchu doing right now? Omerle, come shmaitem mipumayo de kulu rabonon. He's saying over the teachings of all the rabonon. He's saying over Torah from all the rabonon. Umipumi de Rabbi Meir lokomar. But he's not saying over from the mouth of Rabbi Meir, what Rabbi Meir said. Omerle, am I? Yes, Elio, novi, why not? Says Mashum de Kagomash Maitzumi Pumida Acher. Because Rabbi Meir was a Talmud of Acher, Elisha ben Avuya, who later on in life, despite all his learning, left that path. And it says that Rabbi Meir, who was his Talmud, kept learning from him. So, yeah, so then Rabbi Barashil said to Yo, I'm really, am I? But then why shouldn't Hashem say over Torah from him? Rabbi Meir, Rimon Motza, Rabbi Meir found a pomegranate. Tocho Ochal, he ate the sweet inside. Kliposo Zorak, meaning, right, he didn't take any of the bad stuff from Acher. He was able to filter out the good Torah which was there. Amalei, says Elio Anovi, Hashtag Amar, now Kodesh Baruch is saying, Meir Bini Omer. This is the Torah that my son Meir says. So, so what, what happened here? Kodesh Baruch knows everything. Kodesh Baruch knew how Rabbi Meir learned from Acher and how he didn't learn from Acher. He says the Indian is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu interacts with us depending on what we say down here, on how we judge things down here. We see that that defense of Rabbi Barashila that changed the entire reaction, the relationship. And until he said that, so then there was a certain limitation to how his Torah was given over in the other worlds. And he says the same thing Lehepech. He brings a fascinating halachic example. Until you say something negative, until it's really decided to be negative, the person's status doesn't change. What's the example? He says that the Tumim, Mechosh Mishbar brings, that let's say a person knows that he's Pasal Eidos. Whatever reason, this person did one of the things, let's say he's a habitual gambler in, in secret, okay? A habitual gambler is, is Pasal Eidos, can't testify. But he's really good at doing it in secret. Nobody else knows. So here he's at something, they come and they ask him at the wedding, come, come, be an aide uh, at the chuppah, all these kind of things. Yeah, I got this little dilemma, right? He does, doesn't want to tell people he's a gambler. He's knowledgeable enough to know that a habitual gambler is puzzle. Guess what? He says, until Bastin have declared him to be puzzle, he's kosher, even in Shemaim. <laughs> Meaning, until the sentences actually came out, until people in this world have declared, you are a puzzle aid, he's kosher, even though he knows that he's done those things that are there. Okay, he says, this shows the power of our words in this world, right? It's like a loaded gun. When you put somebody down, when you point out their negative, that has real repercussions. And when you praise them, and when you point out their good sides, that also changes things, even in the world above, because that's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu set up the world, that it would depend on what we do with our mouths, that we have that power. Now, Rebusher Weiss recently quoted this. I, I'd seen it before. I was just mentioning that I'd seen it before, not that I want to say that I knew something, but just to give an advertisement to almost the Tonda Rebbe who I go to, he set up a program that we should learn, 10 Psukim of Nachadeh, with a parish. We're in the middle of our third cycle now, and it's very good. I knew a, a famous teacher of Tanakh 
He said, oh, the Rebbe is so smart. He said, by making learning Nach a Hasidish thing, so suddenly all the Hasidim do it. Right? It would be so, 10 Pesukim of Nach. And I remember hitting this in Sefer Shoftim because it's so applicable to now. Am Yisrael were suffering a lot from Midian. Okay? And he has a vision. A Malach comes to Gidon and says, Hashem imcha gibor chayil. And then Gidon starts speaking about defending Am Yisrael. He asks Hashem, where the flows that our forefathers told us that you took us out of Mitzrayim, have you now abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian? And then Hashem speaks to him and says, Go with the strength of this, with this strength, and go save Am Yisrael from Midian. I have sent you. Rashi says from the Tanchuma, what is this strength? The fact that you defended my children. That is the strength that will enable you to be victorious. So Rabbi Oshua was a chassid of the Kloisenberger Rebbe, that's how he said. He, he noticed that the Kloisenberger Rebbe's Hanhogo was at any time of war or danger. He was especially, especially careful not to say anything negative about other Jews. And uh, this, this thing is a power, right? It's something that we have to see there, that idea of defending and praising, right? And certainly not doing those negative things is something we have to learn to tap into at this time. It's hard, right? On one hand, a person, you have to be real. It doesn't mean that you're blind because you're supposed to help another person as well, right? If your friend is caught up in a terrible habit and you keep saying, oh, he's wonderful. I refuse to believe that he's doing that, but he needs your help. So you can acknowledge, you can recognize what he's doing without judging him to be bad. By finding all the different ways in which to defend it, the extenuating circumstances, even the very fact that you realize, I don't know. Don't judge your friend until you come to his place, which means really knowing where he comes from. And some of us say, you can never know that. Oh, so the tochacho then is given, but... It says, but not not hurting him or embarrassing him. Right? And in fact, right, it's not the Strifka Rebbe here, he brings down a variety of sources that Chachamim found ways to do the Tochacha in ways that it was, was kind, it was almost through praising the person, meaning, how can, how can you do this? It would be a beautiful example is... Uh, Rabbi Dr. Chorsky, Avram Chorsky, so um, he told the story, he wrote his memoirs growing up in Milwaukee with his father, the previous Hornstipler Rebbe, and he said there was one Rosh Hashanah when they had a guest in the house, and it was Rosh Hashanah afternoon after the meal, still had a break till Mincha, and this guest asked him, right, he says, tell me, you play chess? He says, yeah. So they played chess, right, and somehow this came to his father, so his father called him in after Rosh Hashanah. He says, I, I heard something. You played chess on Rosh Hashanah. You know better than that. So, yeah. But then he said, his father smiled. He said, but you beat him, didn't you? <laughs> Checkmate. Right? And he gave him a smile. Beating, he knew that that tochacha came only from a place of love. Right? That, 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 has to be, that has to be really where it comes from. And that's the only way it's effective. 
right? Otherwise, a person feels that so negatively. So there's a story he brings, right? And it's hard, right? We tend to get fired up and judge. One, one thing that's instructive to look at it in yourself is realize that when someone else is doing something, how you judge them, and when you're doing it, how you judge them, right? It's like they say, huh? How you judge yourself, right? So one example is the 10 items or less aisle in a supermarket, right? Sometimes you're there and you see somebody in front of you and you start counting over his shoulder. 10, 11, 12, 17 items. Russia, Russia, stealing people's time. It says 10 items, how dare you? And then one day you're in the supermarket and you're in a real rush. Okay, you're in a real rush. And the other lines have people with these massive carts full of things. And you don't have that much, and you really got to get out of there. So suddenly, you do magic. Okay, uh, yogurts, milk, it's all dairy. It all came from a cow. That's one, right? And this, you know, apples, oranges, fruit. <laughs> suddenly, you've shrank 25 items into seven, and someone says something to you like, sir, this is the 10 items I... You have to be such a Russian. Yeah. 10 items, mom, there, it's the same person. It's the same you but looking at it the other way, okay? So it's very instructive to realize that we do that and how we do that. So he brings a beautiful Maisa here about Raburi of Strelisk, who was a Talmud of Shlomo Karliner. Shlomo Karliner was the second Rebbe in the Karlin dynasty, and uh, he wasn't, wasn't the son of the first Rebbe, he was a Talmud, and he had a famous Talmud, Raburi of Strelisk, they used to call him Hasorof Mistrelisk, meaning like the fiery Malach of Strelisk. He was... It was very fiery. So when Rav Shlomo of Karlin was ending his life, Raburi tried to get there, but he only got to Karlin after the Rebbe had passed away. And one of the Talmidim who was there said, the Rebbe left a message for you. He said he wants you to go to Mordechai Mineshchiz, another Rebbe who was known at that time. Okay, so he was a fiery chassid. Right away he traveled to Neshchiz. Now he comes into Neshchiz, and he sees the Rebbe talking to a Jew, and with his very spiritual, sensitive eyes, he was able to tell that this Jew didn't always do good stuff. This was not, you know, one of the Lamed Vav Tzaddikim that the Rebbe was talking to, and the Rebbe was smiling at him and putting his arm around him and doing all these things, and he started thinking to himself, that's what you do with such a person? You show him such love? You summon such kirva, somebody like that? So now the Rebbe of Neshchiz suddenly popped up and he said, I'll read it in Yiddish, he says, Where's the younger man was He said, Who is this young man here that's mixing up my head with his machshavas, meaning these negative thoughts that he's thinking about another Jew? And he said, You have to put him in a closet and lock him up. That's what he said. And Hasidim being Hasidim, the Rebbe had Hasidim, they took him and they locked him up in the closet. Okay, so after a while, right, they, um, they let him out. The Rebbe said to let him out. And when he came out, he told him like this. He says, why do you think your Rebbe sent you to me? Why do you think that was his last message for you to come to me? So that you'll learn that even if you see a Jew who doesn't behave properly, you have to draw him close and show him love. That's all you needed to learn. Now you can go. Right? And it's, it's an important lesson. Now, again, let's pay attention. This doesn't mean 
that a person is, gives in to things that want to corrupt Judaism, to corrupt what Torah is, to corrupt these things. A person, and you can even fight very hard against something, still feeling that love, right? And, and trying to do that and even seeing the good points that can be there in that person. Is a story about the altar of Kelm. The altar of Kelm, they said, used to, he was one of these people. Chazal say, The light of a person's face on Shabbos is different than that of a weekday. And there were certain tzaddikim that that was tangible. The Talmudim of the altar of Kelm said that they, he looked very different on Shabbos. One Shabbos they came in and he looked like his weekday self. And they asked him, What was it? He says, Because so-and-so died. Who was that so-and-so? He was a big masculine. He was a big anti-religious activist. And they said, because he died, you're, you're not you know, with the, your usual level. He says, I'm, I feel bad for what his neshama must be going through now. Meaning, even though he had such an opposition to him, he still cared about him. He still felt that empathy for him. Those things always have to be there. And that the bad doesn't always cancel out the good. To realize that there can be, in one thing, the Talda Rebbe always points out, the Gemara says that Yeravim ben Nevot was chosen to be the king of Israel. That's a big kibbutz. And what schus did he get to do that? It says because he gave Torah to Shlomo HaMelech. He rebuked Shlomo HaMelech because the day after Shlomo HaMelech married Basparo, he was late opening up the Beis Amigdash. He was the one with the key. And when he came late, Yeravim told him, Your Majesty is not right. He says, why was Yeravim punished? Because he did it publicly and he embarrassed him. So it shows the same action. You can be rewarded for the action and punished for the action. The fact that there's a bad aspect doesn't cancel out the good aspect. But the fact that there's a good aspect doesn't cancel out the bad aspect. We have to learn at least to see both. That enables us to always find that side of good. And the story of say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves it when you tell him nice things about his children. And he doesn't like it when you tell bad things. Anyone who's been a parent knows. Somebody comes over and tells you something bad your kid did. Even though you know it's true, you're not happy with that at all. And you're upset with that person. Right? Why'd you have to tell me that? Right? I, I, why, why'd you have to tell me that? It hurts to get that. He doesn't want to hear that talk either. He wants to hear some nice things. So if we can do that, hopefully we'll bring a lot of good into the world. Have a wonderful week.